Welcome back to Clutch Time with Mike on the mic. It's your boy Mike, and I'm back with another episode. Um, definitely want to talk about some NFL today, of course, is what I usually do. But I want to talk about something else real quickly. Um, as I told you guys when I first got back into doing the podcast episodes that I coach at a middle school now, um, uh, the Harrison Jaguars here in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, I spend a majority of my time outside of my regular job. I spend a lot of my time with those kids. And tonight, um, I feel like I found my second calling. I think my first calling is talking sports, doing this podcast and, and just, you know, being out there in the fray of, of talking sports and everything like that, like on some first take type stuff. But out there tonight with those kids was probably one of the best nights of my life. Um, it was homecoming night. And like I said, we got a home game at the actual middle school, um, where we coach at. Um, the school has been around for 22, I think 22 years now. And we just now started getting home games there. So I, I got off work early at 12 o'clock, got dressed, ate lunch, went to the uh, pep rally at the school. Um, they had a high school band come through and some of the high school cheerleaders come and hype up the kids and everything. And then the kids from last year um, that were there, that were on the team last year, they were seventh grade and they're eighth grade now. They got presented with their trophy for winning the conference last year. And it was just a, a good thing and a good feeling to see those kids and how hyped they was and how hype everything was at the pep rally for those kids. And then to go out on the field with their fresh, all white uniforms, uh, brand new white pants, brand new white jerseys and everything like that to see them go out there and and survive another game um we won eight nothing uh we had a lot of chances we were shooting ourselves in the foot as far as offensively first play of the game i think we went 60 yards and got down inside the red zone and we started going backwards and then we kept getting uh we were running plays like we were getting up and down the field we just kept making costly errors and costly mistakes it was costing us field position um, had a few turnovers, but in the end, um, we came. We went into halftime, and we told them what we were going to run as soon as we get the ball back, as soon as we stop them on defense that first drive. And then what did we do? We ran, um, I believe it was 44 with the Larry with the Larry call, which means we pulled our left tackle. Um, and he went up the field, and our running back scored. But then, of course, we had uh, the referee that was hating on us the whole game. She threw a flag. Uh, right as soon as we crossed over into the end zone, she threw a flag for holding. And then when the kids asked who was holding, she couldn't give them a number. So I feel like she just threw the flag just to be throwing the flag. Because even the ref on our side of the field was just like, bro, that wasn't holding. Like, she just tripping. She just throwing the flag to be throwing the flag. So um, they persevered through that. Uh, like I said, a few turnovers in the second half. But when it was time, when the rubber met the road, um, we got on the road and we went down the field and we scored. Uh the team that we were playing, they kept uh, trying to overload the middle of the uh, overload the middle of the offensive line, and they left nobody out there on uh, basically their right side. If you're looking at the defense going to the offense on the right side of the field, so we called a uh, we called a quarterback keep and our quarterback Mike, uh, great name, <laughs> Mike, uh, quarterback keep down the sideline for I think it was 20 plus yards. In the end zone, and we had a, a two-point conversion with our uh, star player Zion. Um, so we ended up winning eight nothing. Um, and then at the end of the game, uh, Mike caught an interception, and uh, my left tackle or right tackle, excuse me, my right tackle Tristan 
um, they had been talking junk to him the entire game, uh, just talking to him, you know. And he was trying to keep us cool. He would come over there to the sideline and tell us that they talking, they talking, he didn't like it. So we kept telling him, do something about it, do something about it. Like, go out there and show them who you are. And when Mike caught the pick, Tristan, you know, did what most linemen do. He was jogging up the field. And then I think he saw whoever it was that was talking junk to him, and he he <laughs> locked eyes. And he turned up, and he laid that kid out. I mean, talk about a crackback block. Boy, he smacked him. I mean, smacked. And me and uh, my other coach, Coach Miner, we both saw We both got hype, and they threw the flag. And as soon as they threw the flag, I said, I don't even care. That looked legal to me. It, that's what football is about. Football is a physical sport, and he smacked him. And I was also hyped for him. I was happy for him. I loved to see it, and I loved to see the joy in their faces. And as soon as we shook hands with the other team, we told them to calm down, wait till the other kids get off the field, and then go celebrate. And they celebrated in the middle of the big H on the field and got hype. And, you know, we gave them some words and sent them on about their way. Um, but it was a great night for Harrison football, man. I just – I had a joy, and it brings me so, so much happiness to be out there with them kids. I know I fuss and cuss at them a lot and make them do up-downs and run and do the most and be fussing and all kind of stuff, doing what a coach does. But it's because I care about them kids. Like, I, I, I truly enjoy my time out there, and I look forward to the rest of the season and to the years to come being out there. I appreciate my boy Paul for giving me the opportunity and Coach Dukes um, who had to step away to uh, help run a political campaign with his wife. Um, he was the head coach, but Paul is now the head coach, but Coach Dukes had to step away. Uh, like I said, dealing with his wife, he couldn't be there and be at practice every day with us, but he does come out when he can. He was out there at the game tonight for the, for the homecoming game, you know, out there on the sideline, calling plays, coaching, doing what he does best. And uh, my uh, my right hand, Coach Miner, uh, we coach the offensive, defensive lines, and, you know, we run everything by each other, make sure we know what we're doing on both sides of the ball. We try to coach them to the best of our ability, make sure they know where they're supposed to be at, teach them technique, teach them, you know, play with play with some force, play with some energy, and doing all that, you know, can take you to the highest of highs. So, again, shout out to uh, my Harrison Jaguars for pulling off that 8-0 win and winning hope coming tonight. We're now uh, two and two on the season, but we're two and one in conference, and really that's all that matters. We're trying to go five and one in conference, so we can bring home that championship and be back-to-back -back champs and bring that title and keep it at Harrison Middle School. So, um, with that being said, let's move on to the, my NFL picks. Um, uh, I just want to say, I believe. Yeah, they're on a bye week this week. But like I said in previous podcasts, I truly, truly hate the politics of football because owners and GMs are so worried about money and everything like that. They hinder their football teams from being the best that they can be, and they hinder players. And I feel like they get in these coaches' ear, and it, it's in the coach's ear like, oh, we can't do this because they don't want to pay him this money, and if he does this, they're going to have to pay him, and they don't want to. I hate that. What I mean is, to me, now this season, Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in football. He's been – He's in the MVP discussion, in my opinion. But pound for pound, and just looking at it from the last few years, not just this season, Derrick Henry is the best best running back in football. 
And my thing is the way that I grew up and the way that I played the game and the way I was taught the game is you run the football first and everything else will fall in place. And last week, the Titans played the Ravens in London. So it was a 930 game, 930 United States time, 930 Eastern. And um, I the game wasn't on TV, so I wasn't able to watch it that way. But I was keeping up with it through my phone. And... Derrick Henry, I believe, had 12 carries for 98 yards and a touchdown. But my thing is, if he's got almost 100 yards with 12 carries, why are we not running the football more? Like, I get it. Y'all want to incorporate uh, the new young kid that we got at playing running back. But why don't you run with your bread and butter? Derrick Henry isn't like he isn't Chris Johnson. He isn't Tyreek Hill. He's not a burner. But what he is is a 240-pound running back who's, I believe he's 6'3", and anybody who's played football will tell you that if you were going up against somebody that size, eventually it's going to start to wear on you. Like you trying to tackle him all game, it's going to start to wear on you. And clearly we're not there offensively with our wide receivers, even though we got DeAndre Hopkins, but we have Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback. Why would you not rely on your bell cow in the backfield? I'm sure I'm sure some of his teammates probably are thinking the same thing, but I don't think Derrick Henry's that kind of person to where he's gonna go to the media and says he feels like he should get the ball more. But if he's not gonna say it, I will. Um I'll say it for him. I just really think that we're losing games because we're not giving Derrick Henry the ball enough. Our defense isn't isn't great, so why not play keep away and keep running the football? Like, be creative with the carries that you give him. 12 carries is not enough for a man that size and for a man that's ran for 2,000 yards and won back-to-back uh, wrestling titles. And in my opinion, had he not got hurt after his 2,000-yard season, had he not got hurt in the middle of the season, he'd ran for 2,000 yards again. He was on pace. And even when he came back after he missed, I believe it was eight weeks of the season, he still ended up sixth or seventh in rushing in the league, and he didn't play for eight weeks. So that lets you know what kind of pace and what kind of tear he was on. So if I was the the if I was in the front office for the Titans and I was on the coaching staff, I would be asking the head coach and the GM, y'all don't want to pay him, but y'all are causing us to lose games. Get Derrick Henry the ball and watch everything else fall into place. That's all I'm going to say about that, because if not, I'll talk about it for the rest of this episode. Um, but let's get into the games for this week. Um, the Thursday night game is <clears throat> the Jaguars versus the Saints. Give me the Jaguars. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence is on his way to being a top-tier quarterback. I think he's got good uh, help around him as far as receivers with, uh, I believe, Christian Jones plays down there. He's got Travis Etienne at running back, and he's got Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl-winning coach, um, as his coach. So I think that Trevor Lawrence is on his way to superstardom, on a way to being a problem for the rest of the league like he was in high school and in college. Um, the Saints – um. I just don't think they have enough offensively. I don't think I think their defense is still good, but I don't think they have enough offensively to compete with the Jaguars. Um, so give me the Jags in that game, and then we got the Browns and the Colts. And the Browns with a shocker last week, beating the 49ers. Um, the kicker missed the kick at the end of the game, and I know me, I never want to leave the game in the hands of a kicker because kickers will miss. They'll 
hit field goals, the extra points all game, but then when the pressure's on, they'll miss it wide left, wide right, whatever the case may be. I just don't trust kickers. That's just me. Never have, never will. Um, but shout out to the Browns for pulling off that upset last week and knocking off the 49ers, making them 5-1. and one. Um, The Browns are playing the Colts this week. Um, give me the Browns. I think the Browns have a legit defense. Like, their defense is stellar. Miles Garrett playing defensive end. Um, Denzel Ward as a corner. They're solid. They are um, – after the, the 49ers went up there and put up 42 on the Cowboys defense, the Browns came out and held them to, I believe it was 16 points. Um, yeah, or 17 points. I think the final score was 19 to 17. But the Browns defense is legit. Um, so give me the Browns in that game. It's in Indianapolis, but give me the Browns. Um, the Bills and the Patriots, give me the Bills. Um I don't know what's wrong with Bill Belichick's team. I just feel like, like I said last week, I feel like they put so much money into trying to win as many more, as many Super Bowls as they could towards the end of Tom Brady's tenure there that they, they maxed out on cap and they just don't have the space to go sign different players. And if I was Bill Belichick, like I said last week, I'd cut Mac Jones. I'd trade him, do something, get him out of there. He's just not good. He's just not. Like I watched the, the game. I watched the highlights and everything. That picky through, like, bro, who are you throwing the ball to? It's clearly not your team. I don't know what you were looking at. He's just, huh, Mac Jones is not it. Bench him, get him out the league, something. I, I don't like him. I don't. Um, the Commanders and the Giants, uh, give me the Commanders. Now, the Giants played tough on Sunday Night Football against the Bills. Um, it was a hard-fought game. I do think that was pass interference after they got the pass, the first pass interference in the end zone, and then they had that one, um, I believe it was untimed down uh, from the one-yard line, and then uh, Tyrod Taylor, who was in for Daniel Jones, threw the ball up for Darren Waller, and they didn't call the interference call. But when you go back and look at the replay, you can clearly see the defender has got his hands all over his jersey and pulling it and pulling him down, and he wasn't able to reach up and grab the ball. To me, that's passing the fair. So it should have been another untimed down. And um, honestly, I think the Giants should have won that game. They got they got hosed at the end with that non-call. Um, they played it tough, but I don't think they're going to beat the Commanders. Um, I think Sam Howe and Eric uh, Bieniemy. I believe that's how you say his last name, the enemy. Um, I think he's got that offense flying high right now, and I think that they'll put up points on the Giants. And, um, yeah, give me the commanders in that game. Big game, Lions and the Ravens. This is a big test for the Lions to see how far they've come. This week on Stephen A's list on first take, he, was the, uh, he put them as the best team in the league. Um, and I see why. Their defense is legit. Jared Goff is balling right now um, after a few years after his Super Bowl loss with the Rams and everything, and then he got traded to the Lions. And I know him and myself included and a lot of America probably thought his career was over because he went to Detroit. But Detroit has turned it around. Their coach is doing an excellent job. And right now he'd be my vote for coach of the year with the way he's got the Lions playing. Um, the Ravens. I don't know, man. Something's not clicking. That, Like I was saying earlier this year about the Bengals and Joe Burrow, something wasn't clicking on offense. Something's not clicking for the Ravens. And I don't know if it's because they got a new offensive coordinator with the coordinator um, that came from Georgia who had been the longtime offensive coordinator at Georgia. I believe his name is Todd Munkin. Um, 
I don't know if it's not clicking for them or if they feel like because they're running a college-based offense, uh, trying to bring it to the pros and it's not working. But for whatever reason, the offense isn't clicking. Um, Lamar could be better, but his receivers could be better too. Um, and they can get better play calls, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to go with the Lions in that game. I'm going to go with a close one. I think the Lions win that game 27-24. Um, it's in Baltimore, but I think the Lions, you take great defenses on the road. Um, so give me the Lions in that game in a close one. Uh, the Raiders and the Bears. Um, Justin Fields is out. I believe he's got a, a broke wrist or he broke something um, that's going to keep him out for a while. So give me the Raiders in that game. Um, the Falcons and the Buccaneers. Uh, I believe the Falcons just lost that game against the Texans last week. And the Buccaneers uh, lost to the Lions, if I'm not – yeah, lost to the Lions. Um, I'm just, I gave Baker Mayfield, Mayfield his credit last week, but then he came out and proved my point. Uh, he had a pedestrian game last week. Um, I'm just not a believer in Baker Mayfield. He just – he talks a lot of trash for a guy who in the NFL can't back it up. Now, he was able to back it up in college until he played elite teams – um, and he talks a lot of junk for for a kid who's not that good to, good to me, in my opinion. He's just not. I get it. He was the number one overall pick, but he's had some of the most talented teams around him and couldn't do nothing with him. He spent more time making commercials for Progressive than he was uh, playing football. So I got the Falcons in that game. It's an NFC, NFC South matchup. Um. Yeah, give me the give me the Falcons in that game, and then we got the Steelers and the Rams. I believe the Steelers were on a bye last week, so they're able to get a little bit healthier. And the Rams are now three and three. Cooper Cup is back. Um, give me the Steelers, though. Um, like I said, defense travels on the road, and Mike Tomlin, in my opinion, um, if he's not the best coach in football, he's definitely top two top three coach in the league. He is one hell of a coach, one hell of a motivator. He knows what he's doing, and he plays for a franchise that's going to back him up and not – he doesn't have to fear for losing his job unless they just go uh, – they start losing really badly like every season. But I believe the, the Steelers in their history have only had three or four head coaches, and he's been there for, I think, 15-plus years now. Um so give me the Steelers in that game. I think they'll travel to L.A. and beat the Rams. Um, the Cardinals and the Seahawks. The Seahawks lost a, a nail-biter to the Bengals 13-17 last week. Um, give me the Seahawks. Uh, the Cardinals are on a bye, so they've had time to prepare. But, again, I'm not a believer in the Cardinals. They just don't have it offensively or defensively. Kyler Murray still isn't playing. Um, they don't have much else outside of him. Uh, so give me the Seahawks. Packers and the Broncos. Um, this is like the worst and the worst. It's Jordan Love versus Russell Wilson. Give me uh, the Packers, though. Yeah, give me the Packers in that game. I'm just – me and my boy Fox, uh, y'all heard him on the podcast before. Me and my boy Fox have been going back and forth about this for like the last three weeks. Um I think Sean Payton is a great coach. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think he's fantastic. I think he's a wonderful offensive mind. But for whatever reason, I don't think any coach can come to Denver, and I don't think any coach can get 
whatever's not clicking with Russell Wilson and his receivers and the offense, whatever it is, it's just not clicking. I don't know if it's because Russell Wilson just doesn't have it anymore because I feel like in football, one season you can have it, but when you lose it, you lose it, just like rappers. When you got it, you got it. When you're hot, you're hot. Um, but when you lose it, it's it's gone. And you, it's very hard to get it back. And I, I just don't think Russell Wilson has got it anymore. Um like I said, for whatever reason, it's not clicking. His receivers, him and they're not on the same page. I mean, he's got good numbers. Um, somebody compared him to his numbers to Russell Wilson. Not Russell Wilson, uh, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes. Um, they compared their numbers, and his numbers were somewhat better than Patrick Mahomes. But Patrick Mahomes' team is 5-1, and one, and the Broncos are 1-5. and five. So that tells you all you need to know right there. Um, numbers aren't everything. They're a big part of the game, but they're not everything. Um so give me the Packers in that game, and then the Chargers and the Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs. Um, they said it about Justin Herbert, and I tend to agree. I agree with Stephen A. Like, he's got the numbers. He's got good numbers. Justin Herbert does. He's got great numbers for a young quarterback. But when the moment arises, he he shrinks. Um, they were playing against the Cowboys. They were down 20-17, to 17, and um, – he missed some throws. He missed a lot of throws. And then he got sacked. I believe it was on second down he got sacked by Micah Parsons. And then he uh, they tried to hurry up, and he threw a pick. And he threw it right to uh, Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore realized he had safety help over the top, so he was able to drive on the route, and he was able to pick it off. And like I said, for whatever reason – Justin Herbert's got great numbers and everything, but when the moment arises, he shrinks. He is um he is Dak Prescott of the AFC. Like he's like a Dak's got the numbers, but like Stephen A says, for whatever reason, whenever the moment arises and you need Dak to step up and do what he's supposed to do, he just shrinks in the moment for whatever reason. I don't know if it's mental or they're just not you know, they have the wrong plays card or whatever it may be, but he doesn't have the it factor. Neither does Justin Herbert, in my opinion. Um, great quarterback, great young quarterback, great talent, but when I don't think he he can be the quarterback for you to take you to a Super Bowl. Now, he might prove me wrong, but from what I've seen so far, I don't think he can be the quarterback that's going to take you to a Super Bowl. I don't think. Unless he's on a super uberly talented team, like they've got uh, number one wide receivers all over the field, the best running back, the best tight end, one hell of a defense, and a coach who knows what he's doing. I don't think he's going to lead you to a Super Bowl. I don't think he's able to uh, galvanize a team and bring men with him to the to the fire, and for them to come out and um, be be world beaters. I just. I don't see it. I don't see Joe Burrow. Like, I, if Joe Burrow was in San Diego, I think they would be way better. Patrick Mahomes was, Jalen Hurts, um, Aaron Rodgers went healthy. Uh, Tua this year, Tua's been looking fantastic uh, this year. Um, hell, even Brock Purdy in San Francisco. Um, I feel like Brock Purdy, you know, he gets a bad rap because he plays for the San Francisco 49ers and they have such a talented team. So they feel like, oh, he's only doing good because – you play on such a talented team. But um, I feel like it's more than that. I feel like he would be good anywhere he'd play at because just the way that he processes the game and the way that he gets the ball out with the quickness and everything like that. He, he reads defenses very well. He knows where he wants to go with the ball. He makes sound decisions. Um, 
even in the midst of the bad game that he had against Cleveland last week, he still was able to put together that drive to get him down the field to be able to kick the game with a field goal. Now the kicker missed the kick, but he got him down there like he was supposed to. So um, Justin Herbert, you got to show me, man. You're you get in that 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 realm of you got to show me to make me believe that you're going to be better than what the prognosticators and the the aficionados and all the people say you're going to be. But that's just me. Um, Got to you got to prove it to me. Um, what we got next? And then we got the big one on Sunday night. The Dolphins are playing the Eagles. Both teams five and one. And as you guys know, the uh, Dolphins put up that seventy piece on the Broncos a few weeks ago. And um, Sunday, I had to go out while the Titans were still playing. I had to go out to go grab something. And I pull up to the store, and my boy Paul calls me. He's like, "Bro, what are y'all doing?" Like y'all are right down here on the on the in the end red zone. Now you're going backwards, and Malik Willis just doesn't look like he got it. So he's talking junk on the phone. Cool, expected. I get home. The Panthers are up seven to nothing. I blink. Now they're up fourteen to nothing. I'm thinking, oh, the Panthers might get their first win of the season with the upset of the Dolphins. I change the channel to the next game to the other game. I change it back. I I look away for five minutes, and next thing I know, it's thirty five to fourteen, and the Dolphins had scored thirty five unanswered points. Like the way that the Dolphins play offense is like like I said, like a fast break on a basketball court. They look like the Miami Heat when LeBron and D Wade were there. Um, they're a fast paced offense. They got Tyreek Hill, um, Jalen Waddle, uh, Raheem Mostert. Um, Devin and Chain is hurt right now, but still they're very potent on offense. And I read a stat the other day, I believe, or heard a stat. I believe Tyreek Hill in four of the six games that they played this year, he's gone over 150 yards receiving. So I think Hill is going to mess around and break that record for receiving yards in a season. And um, I think he should definitely be in the MVP conversation because I thought him going to Miami was probably the worst thing he could have did for his career because Tua just doesn't have a strong arm like Patrick Mahomes. But um, credit to the Dolphins coach, they made it work. They made it work. They get him the ball in space and let him do what he let him do what he does, and he'll take a two yard catch and turn it into a seventy yard touchdown in a blink of an eye. Um, the Dolphins and the Eagles is going to be one hell of a game, and I can't wait to watch it. Um, I'll be coming back from the beach, so as soon as I get home, I'm gonna kick my feet up, uh, unpack my stuff. Well, probably not gonna unpack my stuff, let it sit in the bag for a few days because that's what we all do when we come off vacation. Um, Sit back, watch that game. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I just – their offense is crazy. And whatever it is with the Eagles this year, they don't look like they did last year. They look – they just lost to the Jets uh, last week. They're 5-1 now, too, so there's no more undefeated teams in the in the league. Um, Jalen Hurts, for whatever reason – I don't want to say it's because he got paid and now he's not playing like he was last year, Um, but something has changed, obviously. Something has changed. They just don't look as in sync as they did last year. Like last year, you knew that when the Eagles came to town, they were going to go up and down the field and their defense is going to hit you in the mouth. This year, their defense is still hitting you in the mouth, but their offense isn't going up and down the field. For whatever reason, something's off. I don't know what it is. I'm not in their locker room, so I don't know what it is, but – 
give me the Dolphins, man. I think the Dolphins win that game. Um, I think the Dolphins win that game by 10. I'll say they win, I don't know, 37 to 27. I feel like the, the Dolphins, they're such a high-scoring offense. Um, I find it hard for them to be contained all year. And if you don't get pressure on Tua, he's going to pick you apart. And if you whiff on a tackle with Tyreek Hill, he's going to go 70 yards and run past you and put up them deuces while he's going into the end zone. Jalen Waddle is capable of that too. So, yeah, give me the give me the Dolphins in that game. Um, like I said, 37 to 27. I think they win by 10. And then the Monday night game is the 49ers and the Vikings. Um, give me the 49ers. Again, the Vikings have Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. That's really all I need to say there. And I think the – the 49ers are going to be mad and chomping at the bit to go out there and show that uh, the game against Cleveland was a fluke. Um, I don't know if Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey are going to be able to play. They got hurt in the game Sunday, so hopefully they'll be back because um, they are a big part of the, the 49ers offense. But if they're not, and the 49ers still look as dominant as they have, then that'll, that'll cool any questions about uh, McCaffrey and Debo being out where they still be the same team. Um yeah, give me the 49ers in that game. Kirk Cousins is the quarterback of the Vikings. That's all I need to say. And Justin Jefferson's on IR. So they really don't have anything going for them offensively, and I don't know who plays on their defense. That's how irrelevant that the Vikings are. So give me the 49ers um, in that game. Um, so those are my picks for the week for the NFL. Um, I'm going to take a quick break, and then I want to touch on uh, primetime Deion Sanders um, about that game. Uh, they played uh, this past Saturday against Stanford. So we'll be right back uh, with more Clutch Time with Mike on the mic. All right, y'all, welcome back to Clutch Time with Mike on the mic. Um, real quickly, I just want to talk about something um, that I just saw last week that just – it just irks my nerves because I want this man to succeed and be great and everything like that. And I know the media is just waiting on him to fail because they want to say, I told you so, because that's – you know, that's what they do, especially when um, it is what it is. Just just like it is what it is. Um, being a black man in America, when you're loud and you're boisterous and you're 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 not say cocky, but you're just loud and you know what you know and you know how good you were and know how good you can be and all of that. And you just you're you're. I don't want to say cocky. I just want to say you're very, you're very confident. There we go. You're very confident. Um, Dion Primetime Sanders uh, left Jackson State to become the head coach of Colorado. And at the time, as soon as the the announcement was made, I was like, I didn't like it because Colorado is not a football program. They're not known for their sports and anything like that. So he's going to have an uphill climb from that perspective. Um, recruiting, trying to get kids there and everything like that. Even though it's primetime Deion Sanders, um, if you've never been to Colorado, it's cold. It's very cold. Um, and they're two hours behind the East Coast, so getting eyes on them is hard. But because of who Dion is and because of what he was doing when they started the season, when they started off 3-0, um, he got a lot of eyes on on Colorado, me included. Um Saturday night, the game started at 10 o'clock, or maybe it was Friday night. Uh, the game started at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Game went over till about 2 in the morning, and I stayed up and watched the whole thing. And 
I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I've been around sports for so long, but there's something in me that you can tell. I'm pretty sure Dion can feel it or maybe he doesn't or maybe nobody else could on their sideline. I don't know. But I just know when I watch games, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, tennis, golf, whatever the case may be, momentum is a real thing. And when you let a team get too much of it, it's very hard to stop it. And uh, Stanford went up 29 to nothing. So I'm thinking, okay, not Stanford, excuse me, Colorado went up 29 to nothing. And I'm thinking, okay, well, this game is pretty much over with. But in college, the game is a lot different. The game is a lot quicker. It's a lot easier to score, um, especially when you're down. And if you can pull off a few stops, then you can definitely get back in the game. And in a blink of an eye, um, let me see. Colorado was up 29-0 in the blink of an eye. Um, they were Then they were only up 10. They didn't score in the third quarter. Stanford scored uh, 19 points in the third quarter. And you could just see it like it was coming, that either Colorado was going to have to get on the field and make a stand and go score and win the game and then come out and play defense and stop them from, from scoring all that momentum they had, and they weren't able to do it. Um, this kid from let me let me just read let me read to you how it went. So Colorado scored on a nine yard pass, Xavier Weaver from Shador Sanders. Then um Travis Hunter had a twenty four yard pass from Shador Sanders to make it fourteen to nothing. Then Xavier Weaver, a thirty nine yard pass touchdown from Shador Sanders. Um Caleb of uh, I don't even know how to say his name. Faria uh, scored the two-point conversion to make it 22-0. Then Xavier Weaver with a 14-yard run to make it 29-0. Then the third quarter rolls around. Stanford, uh, Bryce Farrell, two-yard touchdown run. Then um, Alec, uh, I Io Maynor, I think that's how you say his name, a 97-yard touchdown pass to make it 29-12. Then Alec uh, uh, Io Maynor, a 60-yard pass. Um, to make it 29 to 19. Then in the fourth quarter, um, Justin Jameson uh, with a touchdown run to make it 29-26. Then um, Colorado went up by 10. Um, Travis Hunter with a 16-yard uh, pass from Shador Sanders to make it 36-26. Then a Bryce Farrell three-yard pass. Um, from Ashton Daniels to make it 36-33. Then they kicked the field goal as time expired to tie it up at 36-36. Then they went into overtime. Then uh, Javon Antonio, a four-yard pass from Shador Sanders to make it 43-36. Uh, then um, the next play, the ultimate head tap, um, Io Maynard with a 30-yard pass from Ashton Daniels to make it 43-43. He caught that touchdown pass on Travis Daniels, and he caught it uh, on Travis Daniels' back, and then he backed into the end zone, or Travis Hunter's back, excuse me, and then he backed into the end zone and scored a touchdown to make it 43-43. Then they forced Shador Sanders to throw his only interception of the game, and then they kicked the field goal to win 46-43. Um, so they lost on national TV to the underdog Stanford after being up 29 points. And I hope – that I know Dion, I saw the, the speech that he gave to the kids after the game, um, that all of the trash talks that they were doing and all their bravado and, and boastfulness and everything like that, social media was going to let them know, know about themselves because it's the world that we live in today. Um, but for Dion Sanders, 
I understand who you are as a man, and I get it. And that's how you, you've been for as long as I can remember, um, from your time at Florida State in college to your time in the NFL to, to your time in Major League Baseball. You've always been loud, boisterous, confident, and um, you, you know, you've been able to back up your talk, but you're able to back up your talk when it's you, when you're the one playing. It's another thing when you're the coach. Um, by you being the way that you are, yes, you got a lot of eyes on Colorado. Yes, you generated a lot of money for that program and everything like that, and you brought them to national relevance. Um, but you need to understand, like he said in the press conference, I believe when they lost to, I believe that was Oregon, he said, you better get me now while my team isn't great because we just we eight or nine players away from being real contenders. And I'm here to tell you, I think it's more than eight or nine players. Um, Colorado's defense is horrible, horrible. They can't stop anybody. Um, they're just not good. Travis Hunter, I think Deion, you need to pick a side. You need He needed to play defense or offense because the way he was getting torched on defense, um, I get it. He's smaller. He's a smaller DB, um, but he's good. He's good at what he does, and I think he might have just been tired from playing offense. The way, the way that he was getting caught on and everything like that. So you need to pick a side for him, pick offense or defense, do it for his own good because you letting him play both ways. Everybody can't play both ways, especially in college. Um, and I, me personally, after that loss, I would tone it down. I would just get to work and keep my head down until we can get back to our winning ways. And then I would go back to being, you know, loud and cocky and confident and all that stuff. Um, that's just me because, like I said, the media, the world is waiting for you to fail, and if you fail, they're going to rub it in your face. And I know that Colorado's not, not the last stop for Deion Sanders, and he's never going to be more hot than he is now with the way that he had Colorado start the season. He's never going to get more hotter than that unless they're somehow in the next few years able to become you know national championship contenders like making the playoff and everything like that. He'll never be hotter than he was to begin the season. So if I was him, um, if Shador comes back next year, and I don't know what year Shallow's in, but if his kids come back next year, I stay at Colorado one more year, and then if they leave, whatever big time college opening a uh, job opens up, I I take that job if they give me an interview. If it's Alabama, some school in the SEC, maybe Texas A and M, because Jimbo Fisher is failing there, they got to pay him that massive buyout of like ninety five million dollars or something like that because they fully guaranteed his contract. Um, if Brian Kelly doesn't work out at LSU, hell, if, if Lane Kiffin doesn't work out at Ole Miss or um, some some big school, if Debo Sweeney decides to step away from Clemson or if something happens at Florida State to where they start to, to go in the wrong direction and you get your job at your alma mater, um, get to a bigger program with bigger exposure, with better recruiting, with better recruiting ground somewhere in Florida, Texas, or something like that. Or if you go to Alabama or you go to Auburn or one of these big SEC schools that can recruit nationally or a Big Ten school like a Michigan or Ohio State, Penn State, something like that. If you can get to one of them schools that have ties all over the country for recruiting, then I think you'll be better off. I don't think Colorado is a spot for you. Um, I want you to do great there. I really do. But I just want you to tone it down some for your own good because, like I said, the world wants you to fail. And if you fail – 
I don't want it to become a thing of well, you failed at Colorado, you, then you don't, you're not able to get land a bigger job because they want you to go somewhere and prove it that you can do it because um, that's just the way the world works. And plus, you're a black man in America trying to get a head coaching job at one of these institutions, and if if they feel like you're going to be more headache than your than wins, then they're not going to hire you. So, if I was one of Dion's advisors, advisors of like, hey, I get it. I know who you are, but that was when you were the one calling the shots and you were the one going out there and playing. Now, that's a whole different story. You're leaving your fate up into the hands of a bunch of kids. So I get it. Some of those kids are yours and you love them and everything like that. I commend you for that. But understand the world that you're in with all the politicking and everything, the media and all of that, how it goes forth. So... Like I said, if I was Dion, I'd tone it down just a little bit so I can get back to my winning ways, put together one or two or three games of us winning, then I'll start back talking. I don't want to have these 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 nail biters every week where we're just getting by. It's like, oh, well, you're, you're winning, but you're barely winning. They're always going to hold something against you. Um, you can score 70 points in the game, and it's always going to be somebody to say, well, why don't you score 71? So you're always up against that. <sighs> Just like I said, Dion, man, you probably never hear this, um, but I want you to do great, man. I do. I really do. I want you to do great, and I just want you to tone it down a little bit, man. Tone it down a little bit and and get Colorado to where they're supposed to be, and if you got to leave to go find somewhere else to coach at, then do that. Um, I don't think Colorado's your last stop. Um, I'm sure they'll appreciate everything you did for them as a program and everything by building them up and getting the money that you do get them. Um, but if you can, go to Florida State, go to Texas A&M, go to Alabama, go to Ohio State, Michigan. If the USC job ever opens up, go there. If the Oregon job ever opens up, go there. Go somewhere where, like I said, those, those programs can recruit nationally with the best of them. Um, you're going to be in a lot of heavyweight recruiting bouts, but you're Deion Sanders. It's easy for you to go into, like, the best DB in the country and say, hey, I'm primetime Deion Sanders. You better Google me. Go on YouTube and type in my name and watch them highlights and see how good I was and how I can teach you to be as great as I was. That's the easy sale for you to at, at USC or at, at Alabama or some big SEC school versus you saying that at Colorado because Colorado is not known as, as a football factory. Um, that's all I got, man. That's all I got. Um, I hope y'all enjoy the podcast and everything. I enjoy recording it and giving y'all my thoughts on whatever's going on in the sports world. Um, and if you're in Greensboro, North Carolina, then definitely hit me up. Um, I'll give you the schedule and come out and watch the Harrison Jaguars on Wednesday, play their games, and we try to repeat as conference champs. Um, but until then, man, I'll holler at y'all. I'm about to go enjoy my time at the beach for a few days and get away from the world, get away from responsibility and just enjoy my time at a car show. You know me, I'm, I'm doing something, either buying shoes, talking sports or uh, driving my car somewhere really fast. So that's what I'm going to do this weekend. And I'll post this podcast um, sometime tomorrow. But I'll holler at y'all, man. I'll holler at y'all.